Romans 8, 28. One verse. Won't keep you. Romans 8, 28. Very familiar verse. It says this, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Seems loud. Does that sound loud? Sounds loud to me. Guess we don't have any mics over there in the room, I guess. Anyway. You know, I look at this verse, and sometimes familiar verses, we kind of gloss over and we think we know all about them. And, you know, we don't, sometimes you don't hear John 3.16 preached, do you? It may be part of other sermons, but it's not just preached on John 3.16. Or this morning I preached on Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, you know. And, um, you know, we don't preach some of the familiar verses. But I kept getting directed back to this as I was reading my Bible and, uh, I thought, how do I boil that down into something that I can just live with every day and understand every day for my life? I like it as simple as possible. And I came up with the uh, title of the message is called "It's It's Going to Be Okay." It's going to be all right. Uh, all things work together for good to them that are called to love God and who are called according to His purpose. So uh, that happens because there's some unchanging truths in the Bible. Uh, God is always the same. If you live for the Lord and you follow the Lord, then everything that comes into your life, if it's if you haven't sinned in some way and caused some strange consequences to come into your life, then everything that's happening is in control and under the control of, of God. And uh, it's going to be alright no matter what He's allowed into your life. You can count on it being okay. Uh, for the Christian, God should be in control of their life. And that's up to you uh, whether you want God to be in control of your life or not. You know, <clears throat> I remember... As a ten-year-old boy, young young child, young kid, uh, I remember some things that were like tragedies to me. It would be a tragedy. That's if my football uh, got like stuck up on a roof somewhere and I couldn't get it. To me, that was a tragedy. Or uh, you know, maybe I couldn't go on the class trip because I was sick. You know, and I couldn't go out on the class trip. That's a tragedy for a ten-year-old. Or I couldn't go back out to play because I didn't eat my peas, Leo. And said, so, well, you're not going back out. Well, I can't eat those peas. They'll make me throw up. Well, you're not going out then. That was a tragedy. Well, you know what my mother said? It'll be all right. It's going to be okay. And you know what? I want to know that as a 63-year-old Christian, say for almost 30 years, it's going to be okay. No matter what God allows in my life, if I'm walking with God and just trying to do His will in my life, it's going to be okay. Nothing's going to be too much for me. And uh, the Scripture tells us that this... This morning, that's something we can know. It says, and we know that all things work together for good. It's nice that I can know that. There's a lot of things I don't know, but I can know that. That all things work together for good. Verse 29 says, For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. I think that's a good thing that's being worked out in each one of our lives. Jesus Christ uh, is being formed in us through everything that God allows and works in our life. He's trying to make an image of His Son in my life. And uh, that's a good thing. That's a good thing that He's that He's working in my life. But we are being conformed to His image, and uh, as much as that's a good thing, and we know Jesus loved the Father, then why did Calvary have to happen? You know, what was so good about that? 
What's so good about getting beaten and his beard plucked out and scourged and spit on and reviled? And what was so good about that? Well, I'm sure glad he went to Calvary. I'm sure glad he just realized that this was something <clears throat> he had to trust his God for. He had to trust his Father. And his obedience took him all the way to Calvary. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 and in verse 2. There's some things that are going to be in your life that you're not going to like. You're going to wonder why in the world is this happening to me? But if you're not in sin, if you're not off course in any way, then God's allowed it for a reason. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. I'll tell you what was the joy that was set before Him was to know that when he went to that cross and shed his blood, he was dying for sinners. He was dying so he could see people get saved. That was the joy that was going to come. But I like the fact that he endured the cross. He didn't despise the cross. He despised the shame of the cross. Therefore, enduring the cross. So you know, there's going to be some things that come into your life that you're not going to like. But you're going to have to just trust God. And know that it's going to be okay. It's all working out for good. Just trust God. This idea that that it's going to work out all the time, it's just not easy for us to fathom. It's not easy for us to understand all the time. But rest assured that whatsoever He allows into your life, whatever you're going through, it's for good. God is doing something. I don't know how He takes seven and a half billion souls on the planet and weaves it all together and works His will. The counsel of His will will happen. God is going to work out His will. I don't know how He does that. There's not 7 billion people saved, but it doesn't matter. God's working all of this out for for His will. And He's going to accomplish His will. Whether people are saved or not, He's still Lord. It doesn't matter whether they're saved. Uh, someday they'll bow the knee. They should, all should bow the knee at that name. Uh, they'll bow it at some point, I would imagine. But uh, God uh, is Lord of the whole earth. But, just rest assured, no matter what's happening in your life, God's working it out for good, if you trust Him. So that's a truth that God wants us to believe. And we know, He wants us to mark that down. Trust the Lord. Keep this truth in your heart, that God is working everything in your life for good. You know, there's a lot that I don't know. And there's a lot of things you don't know. But I do know this, that God is working some things in my in my life and uh, some things, I, they're hard. I never said it was easy to do the will of God all the time, but it's for my good. And I just want to trust my Heavenly Father. So, if you imagine, um, maybe like a fishing net. You know, it has bigger holes. Some of these nets, these draggers hang out these nets for miles. And some of them have holes this big, and some of them are smaller. And uh, <clears throat> some fish, when they go into a gill net, they go into the net... And then they get stuck because their body's bigger than the hole in the net, obviously. But they can't get away either because it's a gill net. It gets in behind their gills. So they're stuck there. But you know, <clears throat> some fish get away because they're smaller than that hole. They're only allowed to catch certain size fish in that gill net. Well, I thought about that. And I thought of God's hands. And that God's hands are like a gill net, in a sense. He allows things into my life sometimes... They're just tiny little things. I could handle it, you know, and 
And other times He allows things in my life that I really can't handle and I have to trust Him more and more and more. But see, everything is filtered through God's hands. He's the one that's in control. He's the one that's allowing it into my life. You know, as far as I'm concerned, uh, Job, uh, God opened His hands up pretty wide for Job. I, I, I don't know what I could, I don't know if I could handle that. I don't know if I could go through that. And Joseph, God's hands were open pretty wide when He allowed everything to come into Joseph's life like that. I think for us, He's, He's, He's kept His hands pretty small. Now, some of us have gone through some things, but I can just tell you, as a Christian, if you trust God and you're walking with God, then He's allowed it for a reason. And it's, and it's basically to make you more like His Son and draw you closer to Him. Psalm 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. That's a great verse to mark down and remember. I sought the Lord and He heard me and He delivered me from all my fears. Every one of us have some fears. Now and then, Sometimes more often than we'd like. But remember this, God is only a prayer away. And He heard me, David said. That tells me it's going to be okay. If God hears my prayer, then He hears He hears the big things and He hears the little things. You know, God fixes broken lives. God puts together things back together that you never thought would ever be put back together again. But He also knows where your keys are. You know, He knows the little things and the big things. And God's intimate with us. And He wants to be intimate with us. He's only a prayer away. And if you have something that you're fearful about, get on your knees and, and seek Him. Look for Him to, uh, to draw close to you. Turn to Romans, back into Romans chapter 8. Before our text verse there, Romans chapter 8 and verse 26 says this, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh an intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. That's wonderful, isn't it? That even when we don't know how to pray, that the Spirit is helping us to pray, and the Spirit's praying on our behalf, lifting up perfect prayers to God. Sometimes we just sit there quietly and we don't even know what to say. Other times we say things and they're just garbled and it's coming out backwards and we're repeating ourselves and the Spirit's taking that prayer perfectly up to God. Because He's only a prayer away and God's even helping us to get closer to Him. In verse 34 it says, Who is He that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. So God's hearing our prayers, God's helping us pray, and God's at the throne of God praying for us and interceding for us. Prayer is an amazing thing that we don't take advantage of enough. It'll alleviate a lot of your fears once you bring it before a holy God. And if you don't know exactly what to say, just sit quietly. The Spirit's praying on your behalf. And Jesus is at the prayer, is at the throne of God for us. You know, in verse 31 of Romans chapter 8, it says, What shall we say that to these, then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? What shall we say then to, I'm sorry, He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, 
How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. I say it's going to be okay. God's force. He's not against us. God's on our side. And I'm on, I hope I'm on his side. God spared not his own son. So he doesn't want anything hurtful or fearful to come into our lives. We're not alone. We're not powerless. God is right there. God, it's going to be okay. What do we have to fear? Fear God. We won't have anything else to fear. Satan is the one that's our enemy, not God. God is for us, not against us. 1 Peter 5.8 Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Satan's the one that attacks. Satan's the one that accuses you. Satan's the one that steals and kills and destroys and hates. Not our God. People aren't our enemy either. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. People aren't our enemy. Ephesians 6.12 For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. This is not a physical battle that we're in. This is a spiritual battle. And we need good spiritual judgment and make good spiritual choices. Because we're not against people. We're against the spirits and the, and the wickedness of this world. And it's in high places. But we don't wrestle against physical things. We don't wrestle against people. We're not against people. We're against these, these uh, principalities and powers of the rulers of the darkness of this world. So prepare yourself for the spiritual battle, not the physical battle. Because that's what matters most. You know the, the verse there in Romans 8.28 says, To them that love God. If we love God the way we should, I think He'll know it. I think He'll see it in our lives because obedience to somebody shows that you love them. Jesus said, if you keep My commandments, you how's it go now? If you love Me, keep My commandments. If you love Me, He says, show Me. Obey Me. So, it'll be seen. Obedience is something that you can see. God can see in our life and He knows that we love Him and we're trying to, trying to stay close to Him and walk with Him. But many don't experience the closeness of God when trouble comes. They don't feel like God's close. You know why, don't you? They're in sin. There's something dividing. There's something separating. As Andrew just said, there's something separating them from God. They don't feel close to God. Because they don't live like they love Him. They found themselves in a pickle now and they're, and they're in trouble and the consequences of sin have taken over their life and they don't feel close to God. Well, you're not going to feel close to God. Now you can if you get... Repent and get right with God again, you'll feel the closeness of God. Some people don't want God around when they're in trouble. Some people don't want God when they're mired in sin, obviously. Who wants a holy God showing up? But they may want Him as a genie. They may want Him when they just want to rub the lamp three times and get their wishes. They want God around then. You have to ask yourself, how is your walk with God tonight? I hope it's improved a little bit since we hopefully got everything out of our heart that we know of and ask God to forgive us and cleanse us. Say, so I'm, I'm right with God. 
I, I asked them to forgive me of this or forgive me of that or maybe there's a pet sin that we just won't give up. Still there. Still there. How's your walk with God? You know, saying it and not showing it is hypocrisy. To say you love God and then not do anything about it and not show God that you love Him, you're being a hypocrite. You're, you're saying one thing and acting another way. It, it, that's hypocrisy. We bring many of our problems on ourselves, don't we? Because of the choices that we make. There are problems. We made those choices. We can't blame God for that. We need to blame ourselves. We're the ones who choose to walk after the flesh instead of the Spirit. And there's consequences of that. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Turn to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Now that is a verse that most of us probably memorize, but we don't always live it. But that verse right there says, if we'll trust in the Lord, and not lead unto our own understanding, just trust the Bible and live by faith, and in all thy ways acknowledge my God, it says, He shall direct my paths. I'd say it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be alright. No matter what happens in my life, if I'm just doing Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, if I'm living that out in my life, then it's going to be okay. Because God's allowed this in my life for a reason. I'm not saying we have to like it all the time. I'm saying we have to see it for what it is. There's not a one of us in here that hasn't strained or, or strained at the bit that God has put in our, in our life and something He wants us to do and we don't want to do it or it's hard. It's never easy to do the will of God sometimes. It's just the way it is. I mean, you have to ask yourself, do I really want the will of God for my life? Because once I get to that place, then maybe God will see that He has somebody He can work with. Even full-time ministry and going to the mission field and all that. Um, I had a preacher tell me, and I'm sure maybe Andrew's heard it too, if you can find anything else to do and be happy, go do it. The ministry is not all smiles and, and, you know, anybody that's serving God and dealing with people, it's not the easiest thing to do all the time. You bear a lot of burdens and, um, you know, uh, could I have gone back and run cranes? I guess I could have. But, um, I found that preaching the, the gospel and serving God and He would allow me to do that full time. I said, no, I don't, there's nothing else I want to do. I want to do that. But I had to make up my mind to do the will of God. And He has allowed me to go through some things that I didn't want to go through. I didn't want to go through it. And He's going to allow more things. I know that. But it's going to be okay. Uh, I'm not going to bring them on because of sinful choices these hard times. I want to try to walk with God. And when the hard times come, I'm going to, it's going to drive me to my knees just like it does you. Uh, but it's going to be all right. We know that all things work together for good. That's what God told us. If you can be happy doing anything else, the preacher said, go do it. And I can remember that. 
But he also said, you'll always be settling for second place. And I didn't want to settle for second place. I wanted to do the will of God. Don't fight against it. Live this verse out. Trust Him. And give Him your heart. Once God got our heart, He's got us. Once He gets your heart. Solomon said to Rehoboam, Son, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. I could just see him sitting across the kitchen table talking to his son. Telling him he wanted to have his heart. If I have your heart, son, and watch my life. If I have your heart, then I have you. God wants your heart. Once he has that, he has you. And it will avoid a lot of scars and bruises, Christian, if you give God your heart. You can avoid a lot of problems. Getting off on your own thing and doing your own thing. A lot of teenagers, um, the young people, uh, are out of church. They're 18, 19. It's not that they're suddenly uh, brainiacs and their brains developed and all that. We, uh, we joke about that. It's because they want to make their own decisions and do what they want to do. You know, I really don't have a problem with that. But, you want the teenager to have the rules that were put upon them and the and the and the and the, the things instilled by their parents and the life that was that there was they were directed to live at home. You want that not as a box that's constraining them, because all they want to do is get out of the box once they get out of the house. Yeah, I'm gonna live, live my life the way I want. You want that box to be in their heart. So that when they do go out on their own, they're living their life the way God wants them to live because they love God. God, they've given God their heart. It's not something that it's hard for them to do because they love God and they just want to give God uh, their life and their heart. And you don't have to worry about them because they'll make the right choices. You know, except for for someone living in a sinful lifestyle, I can say this: God is always there. God is always close. He's only a prayer away. He's very close to us, and His presence. Be reminded that His presence is very precious. That He would be that close to us and be right there waiting to help us in just any any situation. No matter where you find yourself, no matter what situation, no matter what the seeming hopelessness in your life, God is there. Turn to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43, you know these verses? Isaiah 43, verse 1, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. That ought to be very comforting. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon me. I'm sure Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego remembered that, huh? God is with you in the hardest times. God can be there and He can draw close to you. Verse 1, Thou art mine, He said. There's not a, there's not a parent in here that wouldn't give their life for their children to protect them. So will God. God will do whatever He has to do to protect you. You're not alone. When it seems like you're alone, you're not. He said, I will be with thee. His will, He will and is protecting you. How many times 
you don't even know how many times God's kept back impossible situations in your life. How many times you had to go back, um, I don't know, to get something at the house, and then there was an accident maybe down the road, you know, a chain of events, and God says, oh, you know, and turns you around, or something happens. You don't know that. How many times God has kept you from getting into trouble. He'll provide for you. The thing is, to not always ask to have the trial removed, but ask for His presence in the trial. Uh, God will go through it with you. Turn to Psalm 107, please. Psalm 107. It's going to be okay. Keep telling yourself that. It's going to be alright. Psalm 107 and verse 23. They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters. These. Who's the these? They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters. These see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. You know, I look at the great waters and I look at that as as the will of God. Great waters. Deep waters. can be scary at times. That's the will of God. Wonders in the deep. These see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. That's God's hand in our life. He does some amazing things. He does some incredible things that only God can do. You know, Moses and the Hebrews, when their backs were against the Red Sea, needed God's presence and saw the power of God, didn't they? When they had nowhere else to turn, God showed up and showed His power in their life. And if you want to stay in the pond, if you want to stay in the ankle-deep water, you're not going to need God. But the moment you say, here's my life, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. I want to walk with you. I'll do whatever you want me to do. What is your will for my life? You need God. You're going to need Him more than you've ever needed Him before. If you want want God to take away every fiery trial in your life, then you don't need God. God doesn't take away all the trials. He goes through the trials with us. And it's always for our good. If you go out in the deep waters of His will, you'll experience God in an amazing way. I'm telling you, you will grow in leaps and bounds if you put yourself in the center of God's will and He causes you or instills in you or calls you to do something out of your comfort zone and you begin to do it and walk with Him and love Him and obey Him, He'll do some amazing things. And you will grow and you'll say, God showed up in my life this week. Because, and I realized that no matter what happened, it was going to be okay. It'll be alright. You know, faith pleases God. Faith pleases God. Psalm 139 verse 7 says, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? I can't get away from God. God's everywhere. All at once, all the time. Do I really want to get away from God? No. Maybe if you're, we're in sin, and <laughs> please don't shine the light on my life right now, Lord. But God is near and He's never far away. And God can be found because God will find you. So you can't get away from God. Noah found God before, during, and after the flood. In a cataclysmic world judgment, a global event, what could happen in our lives? Death. Financial ruin. Loss of job. Loss of health. God is bigger than all of that. In fact, in this 
cataclysmic world judgment. I don't know why I use them big words and then I got to say them again. In, in a global event that happened, Noah's family was saved. They all got on the ark. In the worst times that you could possibly think, God can do amazing things. Abraham found him on Mount Moriah, offering his own son as a sacrifice. God understood that. It was going to be a few years later, but God understood that. God told Abraham to offer Isaac. He gave a precious offering to God. He was willing and obedient. Abraham was willing and obedient to offer his son up. What did God do? He provided for him a lamb, didn't he? God provides in the worst times. When God has asked you to do something that He shouldn't ask anybody to do, God will provide, don't worry. Just be willing to be obedient to Him. Jacob found him in a wrestling match with the Lord of hosts. Anybody here ever fought against God? Yeah. When we fight against God, the same thing, right? <clears throat> God can tenderly, and with all the grace that only God can muster, put His finger on our lives and say, I'm the boss. I'll tell you one thing that you were talking about before uh, the supper. If you don't judge yourself and humble yourself, God will judge you. And God will humble you. You ever been humbled by God? I have. I don't ever want it to happen again. I would rather humble myself than have God humble me. But He'll do it because He loves me. But we have fight against God. He'll remind us who's in charge. Just remember, don't let go of him. Jacob didn't let go. You know, uh, Jacob's name became Israel. He was blessed. Jacob's name became Israel. Joseph found him in a pit, in a prison. The worst times of our life. When we ask why, God's there. He's right there. Turn to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. I just wanted to try to encourage you tonight that it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be alright. No matter what you're going through. Psalm 37 verse 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him, upholdeth him with his hand. God's always there to lift you back up again. He's got a strong right arm. It makes me think of Corey Ten Boom, the uh, Dutch woman there, <clears throat> who uh, hid Jews in her house there. And, yeah, in Holland. And uh, they all got, the whole family got taken to prison. You remember the camps? Belson, Bergen Belson, I think she went to, and others went to other camps. And uh, I think they all died except for her. And she got out by mistake, supposedly by a mistake, I believe it, they called her number, and it was, wasn't the number on the card. Anyway, her number got called. But she would go around and start to tell people about the horror of the camp. Can you imagine what she saw? And her own family dying. And this is one of the things she talked about. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. She used to say that there's no pit so deep that his love is not deeper. No matter what you're going through, God's a little deeper. God understands. It's going to be okay. Don't run away from God. Don't push God away. Draw closer to Him. And, and He'll give you the, the grace that's needed. 
Trust Him. Trust. Do you know what the word trust means? I think I remember. <laughs> that you put your a firm, that you have a reliability. Someone is a re- reliable. And that you can trust them as to meet, they are reliable. Well, God is reliable. You can depend upon Him. You know, Moses found them in a burning bush. And when we least expect it, when we're just minding our own business, God shows up sometimes. That's what you were talking about in that, uh, in that meeting when I got called to preach. Uh, I was minding my own business. And then God got all over me and said, will you go for me? I wasn't even in my home church. I was in North Carolina. And he went and found me down there. And uh, I was minding my own business. And he said, will you go for me? I can remember those words in my heart. And I was just, I was a mess. And went to the altar and, and got that squared away. I said, yeah, I'll go. Moses was just tending sheep, thinking God was finished with him, if you remember. He really uh, hadn't even begun to use Moses yet. He was just putting them through the, the ringer there, getting them ready. But stop telling God you can't. Stop telling God you won't do something for Him. There's not one saved person in here that God can't use. Not one. There's not one. Moses was used by God. Elijah found him in a cave, running from his enemies. Any of us ever run from our enemies, try to hide from the people that might have been after us? Not physically, just bad people. You're afraid, you're fearful. You're hiding. You don't know what's coming next. You got to come to a place of submission, a place where place the authority of God in your life, and place the emphasis back on Him and His impotence. That He's a He's all powerful. His omnipotence. You know, Elijah, after all that happened, went up in a chariot. He was raptured out of here. Jonah found him in a whale's belly. One place I don't ever want to be. But you know, each one of us has been in the whale's belly at times because he was running from the will of God. And he was being disobedient. Anybody here ever questioned or debated with God? Hmm. We've all been in the whale's belly at times when we've run away from God and tell Him we won't do that. I'm not going to do that. You might be in the whale's belly tonight telling God what you will do or what you won't do. That was Jonah. But guess what? Everything was okay. Jonah got a second chance. It's going to be alright. Because God is God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in a fiery furnace. Sometimes in our, our greatest trials, who showed up? Jesus Christ. There was a fourth man in the fire, wasn't there? He's there for you too. You can't get away from him. God never abandons abandons His children. In the fire, God's there and there's nothing out of His control either. Paul found him in a hurricane. 276 souls were saved from seeming certain death. And that's just, I looked at that and I said, well, there's the storms of life. Every one of us has storms and sometimes they last a long time. Those people that went through that physical storm over there in North Carolina. 18 trillion gallons of water fell on that state and other states. 18 trillion. Who measures that? But they said it was it would be four inches of water that would spread over the state of Texas. Four inches deep. That's a lot of water. That's eight Irelands. 
That's the storms of life. Now what? Now what do I do? Look what's happened. Where, look where I find myself. Now what do I do? Well, trust God's Word and obey Him. He's right there. Jesus can calm the storm. Just ask the crazy man there in Mark chapter 5. He had a storm in his heart, didn't he, Tony? And he saw the man who calmed the storm. And he finally showed up on his beach. And he went out and met him. He can calm the storm in your heart too. How about Zacchaeus? He found him up a tree. Amen. Zacchaeus had to climb a tree. You ever got yourself in a situation and wonder how in the world did I get here? He'll find you. He found Zacchaeus. God has been good to me all the time. I can't remember one time God has been good to me. Every time I've sought His help, He's helped me. Many of us, you have not because you ask not. You don't want to ask Him. Maybe you're ashamed of yourself. That's a good time to talk to God. With Zacchaeus, a lost man got saved. And you know, that thief found him on the cross. When it was time to die, he found Jesus. He's there if you cry out to him. You might be here tonight. And you're here, but that doesn't mean you're saved. Maybe tonight would be a good time to cry out to him. Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. I'm a sinner, and I need you to be my Savior. Why wait until you're on a cross? Why wait until you're on your deathbed? Why wait until your life is over? If you're not saved here tonight, don't waste one second. Get right with God. You can be saved tonight. That thief, the moment he realized that this was the Son of God, he said, Lord, remember me. And he did. He got saved. You can get saved today too. You remember when you found him? He actually found you, but you remember? You remember the day and he changed your life. He can do that with anybody. We found him, but he found us first. We love him, but he loved us first, didn't he? We cried out to him, but he cried out first. He said, whosoever will may come and drink of the water of life freely. We may try to, to always do His will, but He did the Father's will first, didn't He? He promised us that, that it's going to be okay. It's going to be alright. So what area of your life now, Christian, does God not care about? Think about that. Tell me what area of your life does God not care about? Because I would like to know. Jesus said in Hebrews 13.5, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You know, that's a comforting statement. I'll tell you why. He said the same thing to Moses. He said the same thing to Joshua. I will be with thee. Matthew 27, 46 says, In about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He was forsaken. Why hast thou forsaken me? Jesus knows what it's like to be forsaken. Jesus knows what it's like to be left alone. He'll never let that happen to you. Never. He'll never leave you alone. No matter what you're going through, it's going to be okay. God is right there. And He's only a prayer away. I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Christian, He can take care of you in all your daily struggles. All you have to do is realize that He's right there with you. He's present with you. 
and that everything's going to be okay. Amen? Let's pray.